0: hey what's up automotive world welcome to the automotive diagnostic podcast I've got another tech tip for everyone today Uh, these tech tip episodes just as a reminder are nice quick short little bits of information not full episodes Um, today what my tech tip is is actually covering a couple things that I had mentioned in some previous podcast episodes, and I'm going to reference those episodes. But it's always been kind of strange in the automotive industry. Uh, you know, obviously there's pattern failures. You know, All these vehicles were built the same way with the same parts on the same assembly line, and we see similar failures. Uh, on vehicles, especially if you work at a dealership. Well, what I've always found strange is particularly in the aftermarket world where you will see a short stretch of time and almost identical issues on vehicles come into your shop um, and again in a short stretch of time, a, a week or two you see three or four of the same problem on the same vehicle and this might be more common at a dealership, obviously, but in the aftermarket world, I always think, well, you know, what are the odds that this would happen when we work on all makes and models? And I think back to one of the earliest times I experienced it, and um, it was early in my career, and I was working at a shop, and I think I did like six General Motors truck fuel pumps in about a week's time. Now, obviously, we, we did GM fuel pumps all the time. It's a very common failure on those trucks. But I mean, I was just doing one right after another. And again, this is an aftermarket shop. We work on all makes and models. Um, and we're just getting fuel pump after fuel pump. And I remember looking out in the lot and we had two black Suburbans that were parked right next to each other. could have been the exact same truck, and they both needed fuel pumps at the same time. I uh, just thought that was very strange. Uh, who knows? Maybe there was some bad gas somewhere at a local gas station there, but um, I've always noticed that, um, and the two things that I'm going to bring up today actually are very closely related to uh, two vehicles that I had diagnosed earlier this summer. Um, So, the first one uh, that I'm going to mention here is ambient temperature sensors on Ford vehicles, and I don't have the exact range for this, but I believe it's safe to say starting around the 2010 or 11 and going up to at least around 2015. Uh, again, I can't say for sure this covers all of those vehicles and it may cover more, but the uh, two vehicles that I experienced this on recently were 2013 Fords. Uh, one was an Escape, and if you want to reference that episode to get all the details on that case study. Uh, It is episode number 30 for the podcast uh, where I diagnosed a Ford Escape. And I mentioned some things. We went through a diagnostic with the ambient temperature sensor. And I had some difficulty resetting what the vehicle perceived as the ambient temperature, even after I had repaired the problem and I went through and I ended up figuring out a way to reset that, but I also experienced this recently on a 2013 Ford Fusion. Okay, so slightly different vehicle, but, you know, the platform um, on how they, they operate their computers and how the vehicle looks at the ambient temperature sensor is the same, and this was a simple repair. They had done some work to the front bumper at some point, and they had damaged the wiring for the ambient temperature sensor. Um, and so it was a pretty easy diagnostic, okay, let's fix this wire. The challenge became, after the repair, okay, because so this was an open circuit, so the vehicle perceived, uh, you know, this thermistor, the vehicle perceived that it was, you know, 40 degrees below zero, or whatever the, the lowest temperature was when it's closer to 80 degrees Uh, Fahrenheit, that is, and even after the repair, um, you can go into the PCM, because the ambient temperature sensor feeds into the powertrain control module, the engine control module, and you can go into the data stream, and you can see that it's been repaired, okay? We completed the circuit, and so now it's reading, you know, 80 degrees or whatever the actual outside temperature is, and it shows you that in the PCM, but... Where the issue is, is the rest of the vehicle. And what I mean by the rest of the vehicle is pretty much all the other modules that utilize that temperature data PID, um, like uh, the BCM and the HVAC control module and your information centers, both in the center of the dash and on the actual instrument cluster, show the ambient temperature. And even after that repair, they still show the uh, colder temperature it does not get updated automatically um, and this was a challenge because I always like to confirm the repair and until you actually do this the AC compressor won't run because if it thinks it's 40 below um, it's obviously not going to turn on the compressor even though again that data pit in the PCM says it's, says the correct temperature the message that the PCM is broadcasting out to the rest of the vehicle on the network does not change for whatever reason. And this might be something where they intentionally are slowing the update so it, you don't get wild swings uh, in ambient temperature. I'm not exactly sure the reasoning behind it. I'm not an engineer by any stretch of the imagination, but I do see the effects of what you know they've done with the programming here. So here's what you can do if you run into this situation. All right, um, One thing that you can do is disconnect the battery and on both sides the positive and negative and you can do a capacitive discharge Uh, now you're probably gonna have to do this for about five minutes um, and that is going to drain all the reserve memory out of pretty much everything on the vehicle and that should basically start everything from scratch and it's going to update that data pid throughout the vehicle not just in the PCM but there is another option here if you because honestly some of these batteries are a pain to get to on these Fords. They're tucked up underneath the firewall and it's just a little bit of a pain. There's another way where you don't even have to necessarily open the hood. If you go into your PCM, okay, so you're in the the scan tool, you're connected to the engine control module. Um, If you go to clear the keep alive memory or clear the cam out of the PCM this will actually reset what it's broadcasting out for a data pit okay so you can do this with a scan tool it's just a few clicks of a button now keep in mind you're clearing out all the adaptive memory and everything else out of there um, but if your goal is to get that data pit updated to the rest of the vehicle this will work okay so uh, just a tip for you in case you run into this on this Ford And You want to get this thing up and running and verify in my case both cases the complaint was the AC compressor was not working Of course it read the wrong temperature on the dash But they wanted their AC working and I wanted to confirm that the AC compressor would function So I had to reset the keep alive memory in order for that to happen So again if you want more details on the actual case study on that escape check out episode number 30 alright my second topic Uh, that I've run into uh, a couple times recently. Uh, This one was kind of odd because it was very very similar to the BMW that I ran into uh, in episode 35. I had a BMW with a parasitic draw and what we ended up finding on this BMW was that there was a tiny piece of cardboard or paper wedged underneath the window switch for the passenger rear. Well, it was on the master switch on the driver's door, but the, the actual window that that switch was for was for the passenger rear. Anyways, that was showing the footwell module in that BMW that someone was trying to roll up that window. Okay, That switch is being pulled up consistently, and what that did was it prevented the footwell module from actually going to sleep. And we obviously we need the modules to go asleep so that there's not a draw on the battery and Because that footwell module stayed awake it kept talking on the CAN bus and because it kept talking on the CAN bus Not only is the footwell module awake, but all of the other Modules that are on that high-speed CAN bus were also awake And so what that equated to for the vehicle was about a 2 amp draw from the battery consistently which is obviously going to drain the battery so By, you know, fixing the position of that switch and input to a module, we were able to get rid of the draw. And if you want to hear the whole case study and me struggling my way through it, again, that's episode number 35. So check that out. But I ran into another vehicle. Now, this is a completely different vehicle from the BMW. This is actually a Dodge Journey. Okay, And this Dodge Journey, I was called in for to replace the instrument cluster. And they told me over the phone, they said, hey, we've got a parasitic draw. We've uh, determined that it's the instrument cluster. Can you come in and program a new one or adjust the mileage, whatever needs to be done on it? I said, sure. But I told him on the phone, just because I had gone through this BMW and I was thinking, I was like, I bet you it's not the instrument cluster. Now, sometimes I don't tell shops that, but um, I actually uh, used to work with a guy who's a service manager here, and I'm trying to help him out as much as I can. I told him, I was like, just don't tell your techies wrong, but have him double check it because it's probably not the instrument cluster. Well, they decided that it was the instrument cluster. They called me in, and I... I'm looking at this thing, and I can tell almost right away from the codes that I see in this thing, or a specific code, that it's not going to be the instrument cluster. And so I told him, I was like, "Well, you want me to check this out just to be sure?" And I I hate going in and trying to second guess someone's diagnostic. That's not what I'm all about. Uh, but I just I pretty much know that I'm going to be in the same. Uh, the same scenario as that BMW based on a code I had. And one of the codes I had was for a horn switch that was stuck in the applied position, okay? And here's what this ended up doing. The, The horn switch in the steering wheel was actually stuck in the applied position. It was just a failed horn switch. There was no physical damage, it just needed a new one. And what that was doing was feeding into the instrument cluster, which actually kind of serves as a body control module for this vehicle. And as you can imagine, a body control module, or they call it the cabin compartment node, I believe in Chrysler's. Uh, anyways, and it's a footwell module in BMW. It's all the same thing. It's controlling things like windows and horn and lights. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of inputs, a lot of switches that go into these modules and so there's any number of inputs that can keep these things awake okay the window switch was doing it in the bmw but the horn switch was keeping that module awake in the this Dodge Journey which again was talking on the CAN bus and keeping multiple modules awake and so if you're tracing down the actual current flow you're seeing current go to multiple different modules you're seeing activity on the CAN bus and what this technician did was he eventually unplugged the cluster and that got the draw to go away. Well, of course it did because now that input doesn't matter because you've unplugged the cluster. But it's not the cluster's fault that this is happening. It's receiving an input that is incorrect. There is a switch that is incorrect and it's keeping itself awake for that reason. Now, the one question I had was, well, why isn't the horn blaring? <laughs> because uh, it should be if the horn switch is stuck applied. Um, and what I Ended up finding after talking to the technician and the service manager was because I, I told him I was like, hey, this is the horn switch that's causing this problem. Um, I looked and the fuses had been removed from uh, for for the horn. I don't remember if it's a fuse or fuses, but anyways, it didn't have the power to actually activate the horn. And so I, I told them that. I was like, well, it should be, should be activating the horn, but the fuse isn't there for some reason. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know. We removed that uh, about, I don't know, it was six weeks ago. Or they gave me some time frame where the customer came in with a blaring horn. And instead of fixing it, they just pulled the fuse. And I was like, well, there, there's your problem. Even though the horn is not being activated, it's still going to be that input to the Uh, the instrument cluster the body control module if you will which is going to keep everything awake And luckily, I did have a code in this one. It recognized that, hey, something's up here, this thing is stuck in the applied position. And again, it goes to show how important an all-module scan is when you first get to a vehicle. Uh, If we pay attention to all these codes, they can really point us in the right direction. We don't always get that lucky, but in this case, we did. And it was top of mind for me because I had just gone through that BMW. So on modern vehicles, with networks, with multiple modules, we got to be looking out for inputs, switches that are going to keep modules awake, which can keep a CAN bus awake, which again keeps multiple modules awake. Um, One other note on that, I did notice that both vehicles were around a two amp draw um, with all the modules. And again, this is two, two completely different vehicles. This is a BMW and a Dodge Journey. They really have not much in common. Um, but that's what I've got for you today, uh, today's tech tip. Again, if you want to check out those episodes, it's episode number 30 and episode number 35. You can get more details step-by-step step going through the diagnostics. All right, so that's it for today's tech tip. Uh, Let's get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time.